going on, everybody? Welcome back to the New York Minute. I'm yours, Burson. Today, we're back, baby. We're back. You know, I've been missing the podcast, man. I took a little break after last year's tournament season wrapped up. Decided to take some time for myself. And to say that my life is changing every single day in every possible way is an understatement. There are a lot of things going on, man. But I miss verses. I missed talking about verses with y'all. So we're going to make a comeback starting today. We're coming back, man. Um, I actually was going to come back last week, but I got sick. And so what I had planned for last week was hot takes, uh, general opinions and, and a discussion to be had. But we'll save that for later on this year maybe a month or two. But in the meantime, House of X officially released yesterday. So I sat there for the stream and took a picture of every card in the box. And we're going to just sit here and talk about them, all of them. Main characters, supporting characters, plot twists, some reprints. We'll see what we see. But I would like to talk about every card in constructed play. And draft. I think draft is really important, and I think I think these cards will help cultivate a cool, like, mutant-only cube or, like, Avengers vs. X-Men, and we'll talk about cubes and stuff at some point this year as well. Let's go ahead and pull up the cards. I have to shout out uh, Veets and Richard over at Upper Deck Stream on Twitch for taking the time to open the box and go through the cards for us uh, as we patiently wait. Our copy of the box. Let's get into these cards, man, because I'm not going to lie. I didn't completely stop playing the game over the past few months. I've been in the promised land. I've been on the greener pastures. I've been playing photo exclusively almost since the end of August. Near the end of Gen Con, I've been playing photo only. I'm going to put these cards through the ringer today because... Not only are you asking me to not play photo in order to play these cards, you're asking me to stop playing photo at a time where photo has never looked or felt this good. And it is probably just my favorite of the two universes now. These cards got to be worth it. They got to be worth it. They got to be impactful. And the teams in question, so X-Men and Brotherhood, they actually have... Some extreme difficulties as far as playability for said teams in the main character department. Turns 3, 4, 5, and 7 as far as castable guys and combat tricks. So hopefully in this 200 card box, we get a little something to help them out. Let's check these cards out, man. Let's head on over to the X-Men side of the box. I'm going to pull up these... Uh Pull up these images here. Let's start with everybody's favorite pacifist mutant, Professor X. Charles Xavier. At level one, Professor X is an X-Men affiliated character. One, six, five health range. A dream worth having. During the build, you pay a yellow. Reveal the top four cards of your deck. Put each X-Men stamped and Brotherhood stamped supporting character into your hand and shuffle the rest back into the deck. 
all mutant kind are welcome. Level up four. When an X-Men or Brotherhood supporting character appears not recruited on your side, Professor X gains one XP. This is very Civil War, very easy to achieve. And that yellow ability, realistically, it says draw two cards. That's pretty cool. He's actually helping himself flip, which is something that's really, really refreshing to see. I'd like to see more of this. Level one powers that directly influence when you flip. Uh, yeah, this is pretty good. I'm a big fan of 1-6 one, six, one, six as a stat line. It takes exactly a team attack to start taking wounds and with defensive pumps and, and ways to grow. This guy doesn't really have five health. He should be at living for six or seven, realistically. I brought up Civil War, so I'll bring it up again uh, before we get into the level two. He should be flipping on three most games. You can actually push it to two because of the Brotherhood part. But you're looking for a one drop, two more one drops on two, and then a three drop. That'll flip you. Uh, any faster than that, you're looking good. Any slower than that, and it's probably he's not good enough. This guy cannot curve out. You can't go one, two, three, four. You're going to die. Um, you're not going to be able to do anything. But, his again, his yellow ability helps him. At level 2, Professor X is now a 312, 5 health range. He still has a dream worth having, and he gains a dream worth fighting for. During the main, you pay a red. Choose an X-Men or Brotherhood supporting character on your side. Then put plus 1, plus 1 counters equal to its attack on another X-Men or Brotherhood supporting character on your side. So, yeah, he's cultivating teamwork. Teamwork makes a dream work uh, the way Professor X would, right? Uh, this is actually really good for flyers. You want a big guy to pump a flyer because he can't fight, so he's going to be kicking in the back, drawing you extra cards, maybe one card here, two cards here, maybe even all four. This guy's super playable. This guy's super playable, and it's really exciting to see Professor X with the mobile Cerebro in the game, we didn't really have Professor X in the game. He was playable in 2016 in the base box, but he quickly fell off. I'm glad he's in the game now. Constructed, you could definitely get away with playing this. Again, if that yellow ability only ever drew you two cards or, like, scry for take the best one card out of it and it was a guy that you can cast, you're not going to be mad about that. In draft... Realistically, every time you draw, every time you see a yellow, it could just say draw three or four cards in draft. This guy's pretty good. You're you're not gonna feel bad about playing this guy. Pretty cool. Let's take a look at Cyclops. Nice art. Cyclops is a four three five health X Men affiliated. Range, unleash optic beam during the main. You pay a blue. Cyclops strikes with double his attack while range attacking this turn. So he's fearless and or violent while he's shooting his optic beam. Seems good. Eight. And then when he flips, he'll probably be like seven, seven or eight, six or whatever, right? Battlefield leader. When a character attacks, Cyclops gains one XP. He needs nine. Okay. 
You play a one, you team that's two. You play a two team that's four. He can do it by himself, but it'll take a while. If your opponent ever retaliates trying to clock this guy, he should flip on three. If you ever go one drop, one drop, one drop, three drop, you'll flip. If any of them have two health, you'll mega flip. You'll flip on, like, guaranteed turn three. This guy's pretty good. You know what's funny? I'm reading this guy in, like, the legacy Cyclops isn't too far off from this, but he got a lot of hate because his ability at level one was move a guy and that wasn't as impactful. This thing's messed up. Unleash Optic Beam, your attacks are going to work. Striking for eight plus the team attackers or at level two, striking for double plus team attackers. This guy's pretty good. I'm excited to play this guy for sure. At level two, Cyclops is now an 8-6 range, 5 health. He still has Unleash Optic Beam, and he gains Battlefield Commander. During the main, you pay a red. Ready any number of characters on your side. Super X-Factor. Yeah, you're gonna kill people because of that. People are gonna die because of that. This guy's pretty good. I'm actually... I'm super glad he's in the box the way he is, man. If he has multi-health attackers, he you could even argue he's better than Professor X. If you're an aggro player in this game, this is a good guy to look out for in Constructed. The 5 health is kind of iffy because if, if, if you're ever behind, that guy has to threaten to trade to gain XP, but when he flips... He he's doing some he's doing some real numbers there. In draft, every time you see a team attacker, you're as a matter of fact, he doesn't even need team attackers. It just says when a character attacks. Get really chunky guys on turns three, four, and five in draft. And Cyclops is gonna back them up. X Factor's really strong, man. X Factor on any number of guys. Other characters. Yeah, he's good. He's good, man. Let's take a look at Marvel Girl. Marvel Girl at level 1 is a 5-1 flight range, 5 health, X-Men main character. She is aka Jean Grey and aka Phoenix. Telekinetic shield. During any turn, any combat, you pay a yellow. Choose a character on your side to get plus 0, plus 10 this combat. Save the day. Level up 2. When a character on your side survives a combat... Marvel Girl gains 1 XP. So, what you're telling me is the perfect organism from Alien Battles needed a gun to be playable? These stats are pretty bad. She's almost always perpetually on defense, and it's very easy to go from full health to one to give. You trade with everybody at all stages without that yellow. With that yellow... I can bait it. You can only do it once per turn. And outside of tricks, the second attack is going to work. What's the payoff? Marvel Girl at level 2 is now at 10-2-5. Flight range. She still has the telekinetic shield. And she gains telekinetic weapon. During any turn, any combat, you can pay a green. Choose an attacker on your side to get plus 10 plus 0 this combat. Okay. Choose a defender on your side to get plus zero plus ten. 
for the shield and then choose an attacker. Okay. I don't feel like these abilities go on her. She's like always in the back row. She shoots for a lot at level two, right? And then on defense, you're paying the green, you're paying the yellow so that your flyer that's protecting Jean doesn't just get rocked so that you don't take a wound. If they get through with like stealth or anything, you're gonna take the hit, right? Otherwise, you have to spend the yellow on her and not the yellow on the guy. That's not particularly good. She's playable though, because every yellow gets you an XP in the early game. And if for some reason your opponent sends a bad attack in and you block it, she gets an XP and hits them back, right? She's playable, but I'm not particularly excited. This is like a four and a half out of 10 for me. Uh, in draft, that's rough because you're not guaranteed yellows and greens in that in that format. You can do better than this in draft for sure. You can do better than this for draft. Um, she's playable though. If you end up with her, like if she gets wheeled to you at the end of the pack, you could realistically like shift into playing this if you want to. Don't make that the plan A though. Let's talk about Banshee. Banshee at level one is a three, four flying five health main X-Men affiliated bold yeller during any combat you pay a blue. Days an enemy character in the combat. You can do that on defense too. That's cool. Uh, dazing's rough because if the main character's really big or like has a really heinous equipment on them, they're gaining a life so that you can get out of the thing, right? If it's a supporting character, that's fine because you, you like daze their best attacker or their best flyer and like you can get, get a wound over to the main. It's, he's not bad. It's not a bad power. It's not a bad power. Sonic Boom, level up four. When an enemy character gets turned face down, that is hidden, stunned, dazed, whatever puts them face down. Banshee gains one XP. So a blue will get you one. A stun through an attack will get you one. Invisible woman hiding will get you one or multiple, right? Okay, let's say we have to fight, pay a blue on defense, fight, play a blue on defense. I'd give him turn two, turn three. Turn two, turn three, he should be flipping. That's blue dependent. Let's say you need two of eight for him to flip, realistically. At level two, Banshee's a six, nine, five with wings. He still has bold yeller and he gains sonic screech. During the main, put four minus one, minus one counters on an enemy character. If it's equipped, stun it. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to lift the veil a little bit. I know there isn't equipment in the box, right? And there's another card that... Ref there's a couple more cards that reference equipment, but why do I feel like the opponent would just never put equipment on their main then if that's the case? What this is saying is deal a wound to your main. Deal a wound to the opponent's main if they have a uh, an equipment on them, right? You can play around this, but the consolation prize is... You, like, mega lightning bolt them, right? Minus four, minus four. He has good stats. He's definitely playable. He's definitely playable. I enjoy seeing reasonably statted, easy-to-flip flying mutant mains. I like this guy a lot. In draft, this guy's good, and you don't even necessarily need a bunch of blues. 
when he flips, he's he's he has fighting stats. I would prioritize the Reds. Yeah, give me the Reds. Because they make your job easier in the mid to late game. Yeah, give me that. Give me that in draft. He'll see play and constructed. If there are any fighting guys in this box, he's good. He's really good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Give me that. The fifth main character. Oh, man. It's Storm. We've had a rocky road with Storm in this game, man. Um... <laughs> and my current favorite iteration of Storm is the Omega Omega Mutant 8-Drop Punk Rock Storm. It's been my favorite version of the character in this game. If not solely because of the artwork, but her abilities and stats at turn 8 will kill you. You're going to die to that thing. This main character, when I tell you that the artwork on this is my favorite in the entire game, it's so readable. It's so striking. You know exactly what's going on. The fact that the rain is going on behind her, I love it. I love it so much. And we're going to talk about this because I had to take pictures to know that I had good pictures to talk about today. I'm so glad that... uh I'm so glad that we didn't see another Civil War. So let's just get into it. I'm so glad. Storm at level one is a 3-4 flyer, 5 health, X-Men affiliated. She's a master thief, or she was. During the main, you pay a red. Each enemy player discards a random card. Mistress of the Elements. Level up four. When a basic location appears on your side, Storm gains one XP. That's really important to... Take heed to that. You can use basic space and earth to flip. That's really huge because you potentially have, what is that? Four, that's 16 plus eight, potentially. That's 24 basic locs. If you want to go that route, I'm in the camp of, I believe every location you draw turns one through four should be a basic. You don't want to miss flipping with this. So, yeah, you may need to play around with, like, three space, three earth, or two and two, maybe even just the one and one, and cutting back on the wild locs. I want this card to succeed. I want her to succeed. And, yeah, that means taking some concessions. Sometimes you're going to sometimes you're gonna miss flipping on, on four, no matter what you do. That's just the nature of the beast. Um... Sometimes you're going to get it right on time. Sometimes you're going to get it early with cards like Mirage, right? What's the payoff? At level 2, Storm is now a 6-7-5 with wings. And she loses Master Thief. She's no longer a thief. She gains Weather Witch. During the main, you pay Rainbow. Blue, yellow, green, and red. Create weather for the rest of the game. When I was listening to the stream, it was stated from the rulebook that you can use any of the following once and it persists for the rest of the game, but you can stack more on it only once. So as we're going through this, think of your favorite weather combo, but it also will cost you double rainbow in an eight turn game, which is hard to do. Expect in eight turns to do one of these things, maybe. Blizzard, at the start of each enemy player's main phase, freeze a character on that side. Fog. Enemy defenders cannot strike for the rest of the game. It's pretty good. Cyclone. Enemy characters lose and can't gain wings. 
That's pretty good. Thunderstorm. At the start of each enemy player's build phase, put one minus one minus one counter on each character on that side. Okay. So, yeah, and going forward, you're going to have to ask yourself, well, which one do I pick? They're all so cool, right? Well, I can tell you it's not Thunderstorm. I'm not paying Rainbow for Cometfall. That's what you're getting. You're getting Cometfall. I'm out. Cyclone. Cyclone's messed up, man. For the rest of the game, your opponent has to fight you on the ground. You can put one drops and two drops in front of them, mess up their whole turn. On defense, and then on attack, you're never not going to get to who you want. They don't have wings, right? Fog's pretty good. It makes you, it lets you make bad attacks. They're going to work because you're not going to lose the guy. And then on defense, your opponent has to clear what just cleared them, right? This is even counting the storm like, oh, all of a sudden, she can't take hits on my turn. That's amazing, right? But realistically, if you only ever saw the four colors, you're taking Blizzard, right? It pins your opponent's main... At the very worst, it pins their main character out of the game for the rest of the game. Your main character can do cool superpowers. It can grow. It can put on equipment and stuff. But it'll never fight. And it'll never do anything meaningful in that way. That's really, really strong. And had they not decided to make create weather the way it was you could have made the argument that like oh well you clearly blizzard twice and for the rest of the game their main character and their very best supporting character are just on the bench that would have been really strong so i'm glad they didn't do that in draft storms a house in 40 card formats uh we've seen avatar gauntlet rainbow main characters like this cause mayhem in 40 card formats if you have to look for Lokes, she can get hated out. And everybody wants a little piece of the location pie. But if you don't have to look for Lokes, like if you're playing a draft that lets you just grab two or three of each basic, she's a house, man. You're going to die because of this thing. You're going to die because of the rainbow color, man. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super into Storm and Draft. In Constructed... Yeah, you could do everything right and still not flip, right? And that's the thing. Um, she's definitely playable. The question moving forward is, is the red ability worth it? Because every time you use that, that's potentially rainbow colors that you don't produce turns 4, 5, and 6. I don't want to live in that world. We're going to have to test her out and see what happens. Uh, those are the main characters. Really, really cool quality of life uptick on... X-Men mutant main characters. Let's get to these supporting characters, man. Bishop is a 1-1 one, one with 1 health and range for 1. He's a bundle of energy. When Bishop appears, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on him for each energy location on every side. I'm assuming Wild Lokes help with this. With just 1, he's a 2-2 two, two for 1. With 2, he's a 3-3 three, three for 1. He scales okay... I'm not a big fan of this. I would like him to be a 3-3, maybe 4-4. Four, four. And you're going to have to do this yourself. So, yeah, he's not the first one-drop you play. So he's probably a 2, maybe 3 of in Constructed. You're ne I don't think you ever get to live the dream of, like, what's the max? He'd be a 9-9 nine, nine for one, but you had, like, 8 locations up. You never used them, and they all had blue in them. 
That's not realistic. We're looking for him to be a 3-3 or a 4-4. If you pick up any pluses off of your opponent, I mean, that's nice, but don't expect to, right? He's probably just a 2 of. If it happens, cool. If it doesn't, who cares? In draft, I mean, he's a team attacker, but the blues are even more sparse in that format. Whatever blues you get, you're probably going to use them as soon as you see them, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not really feeling this. I'm not feeling this. He's not unplayable, but probably just won't make any of my decks. Let's check out the other one drop, and it is Jubilee. Jubilee is a one cost, X-Men affiliated, 3-2-1, range, fireworks. Enemy characters have minus one, minus zero while in combat with Jubilee. That is a gunshot and or a melee. So she can't ever be cleared by guys that are 2-2 two, two or less, but she can't grow. So she's a decent team attacker, but she's never going to fight up. She's only going to fight down. She's fine, I guess. She's okay. She's all right. Don't expect too much from this card. Um, in draft, if you get one, cool. If not, it's no big deal. There are better one drops than this, but... In Constructed, she's a fine team attacker. I'm just not excited to put this in decks, though. I'm sure I'm sure Cyclops will enjoy having a, a potential plus three attack, right? But she should die on defense almost every time. Sure. It's a one drop. You can't really expect too much, right? All right, let's go to the two drops. Uh, here is Iceman. Iceman is a two-cost 2-1-2 two, with range. He's X-Men affiliated, of course. Icebreaker. During the man you pay a blue, freeze an enemy location. Exhausted and it can't ready on its next turn. Exhausted resources don't produce points. Why are his stats so low? Why is he... Why is he built like the one drop? I'm glad he has two health. You get to do that hateful thing twice, but honestly, I wouldn't even pay for that, though. If you've played Iceman as the Omega of choice, you know the problem with abilities like this, right? You can't rely on your opponent even having face-up logs. If they get it, they're going to use it to do their cool thing with their cards, right? If you scribble that out with a Sharpie, he's a 2-1-2 two, two team attacker. There's no way that's good enough. I'm out on this. Yeah, don't play this in Constructed. Do not play. This card's bad. Do not play this in Constructed. In Draft, don't, don't make it a priority. If it gets wheeled to you, fine. But this guy cannot fight at all. It's not good. Yeah, let's move on. Blink. Is a two cost one six one X Men affiliated displacement field during any combat you pay a red. As combat resolves, each enemy character strikes itself instead of a character on your side. It's like worse than think again, right? Like they, if they're ever like six six seven seven eight eight, the the combat doesn't work, and they just take a wound. That's brutal. She can do it on attack. 
So you, you can't even ignore because like that says pay a red, deal a wound. This card's actually pretty good. Good stats too. Yeah, you, you actually just have to bite the bullet in some cases and just take the wound to clear this thing. Yeah, I'll take this. Uh, red, red traditionally is not a particularly popular color in the game, but abilities like this make you ask the question of, well, why can't I just play reds, right? Why can't I play red abilities? This card's pretty good. Uh, in draft, don't let anybody else have this. This card is actually pay a red deal of wound to your main even, right? And in a solo attack, she's probably going to live. Get, they don't even get to hit her. They just hit themselves. That's rough. Yeah, take this and don't let anybody else have it in draft. Let's go to the three drops. We got Havoc. Havoc's a three cost, four, five, one, flight and range. Energy conversion. When a character on your side uses a superpower, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. When an enemy character uses a superpower, put a minus one, minus one counter on it. The rate on that's pretty good, I think. He's good behind, like, a flying main, right? So, like, we talked about Banshee. We talked about Storm so far. He has range. I'm actually okay with this guy. I actually don't mind this guy at all. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Uh, in draft, yeah, take one of these if you see him. Take one. If you have a flying main and you can, you can like, double tap this, that's pretty good. If he might makes writes your main over the course of a game that's pretty good the other three drop on team was multiple man so we're gonna try and rifle through this real quick um oh man all right multiple man has one of a kind and swarm on all four copies uh he also has duper power on all four copies at the start of your main phase, you may search your deck for a character named Multiple Man. That is this three drop and the Civil War one drop. You can search for either or, either or and put them onto your side. The ones in this box, one of them doesn't do anything, but it has two health. I'm okay with that. One of them has range, quick draw, two, two, one. Okay, so he shoots. You can't shoot him back when he attacks, right? One of them has Martial Artist, and one of them has Genius. They all have 2-2, two, two, and only one of them has 2 health. My problem is with the Martial Artist and the Genius. On team, you have a way better Genius in Forge, right? On 3, you have a way better Fighter than the Martial Artist in Psylocke. But that's not why you're playing him. You're playing him because he deck thins and he produces a body. So for main characters like Grandmaster on Yellow Team that care about bodies produced on the board, Multiple Man should probably make it anyway. I would wager to believe that the first copy that you make is going to be the 2 health one anyway, right? So if you play the 2 health one, you go get, I'd say, the Genius or the Martial Artist, right? Any of the other three should be going to get the 2 health one. What does that leave you with? That leaves you with a 2-2 that's going to go get another one on the next turn and a guy with a semi-decent keyword. All together as a three-cost package, I think I'm going to look somewhere else. He's just too small. If he was a two-cost 2-2 with the same abilities, home run. 
but three is a bit too high to ask for in constructed. In draft, this is one of those collect them all cards, right? Where the more multiple mans you have, the better he's going to feel in 40 card decks. You definitely want at least the genius in draft. You definitely want at least the genius and the two health one. Um, any that you pick up after that is just extra credit, but make it an effort to like reach for the two health one and the genius playable, but not there for constructed in my opinion on four. Here we go. Banshee. Banshee's a four cost six, five, one wings night, night when Banshee appears you may daze an enemy character. This card will kill you in draft. You're going to die to this guy in draft. Man. Pfft. No one's safe from this guy in draft, man. Yeah. Make it make it a personal duty to take one or two of this guy. If you see him, this is your best flyer in, in, in draft, honestly. He's going to kill people. In Constructed. Is he there in Constructed? He has decent stats. He has wings and a relevant keyword. I could see you playing two to three of this guy as your alternate four. But he needed two health to be the main four. He's still worth the conversation, though. As a flying mutant that does a cool thing. Uh, the other four drop was Polaris. Polaris is a 7-3 flight range, one health. X-Men, manipulate magnetic field during the build. You pay a green. Reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal an equipment and put it into your hand. Remove the rest of the cards from the game. That's rough, man. Uh, I'm not paying for that. I'm not paying for that because not only are there no equipment in this box, but like you don't even get to put the equipment on. If this thing, it's very possible that this thing could remove 15, 20 cards from your deck to get a one of a kind or like, I don't even know what you would want to grab that urgently with this. My other thing is, why wouldn't you just play Wakanda, right? With literally no downside at all. It just takes a little bit more. Actually, no, it doesn't. This is a card in a loke. Wakanda is exactly a card and an additional look i'm playing wakanda for abilities like this if you took a sharpie and scribbled that out what does that leave you with a 731 team attacker potentially with flight and range yeah she fights down she doesn't fight up i'm out i'm out on polaris i'm out i'm not playing this in constructed in draft assume that the green ability is not there what does that leave you with? A 7-3 flight range team attacker. She's going to trade with everybody she fights most of the time. But she is 7 attack on the main. So that might be good enough. Let's go to 5 drops. We have Sage. Sage is a 0-10 flight range 2 health. And she is a human supercomputer. When Sage attacks, she gains attack this combat until her attack is equal to the defender's defense. <sighs> she can shoot though, right? This is pretty good. I like her stats, man. 
we were we were actually really needing a, a a good five drop on this team. It's hard to put her down on defense, man. If you've played any invisible woman at all as a four ten, this thing is a zero ten, but with two health. You have to do it twice. She's going to match you, so she's subject to like fine cover and shock, but. You can definitely play this. You definitely could. It's easily the best five drop on team, right? It's not close. Yeah, I'll play this in constructed. In draft? Yeah, she has 10 defense and 2 health. Her attacks, her team attacks are going to be good because you're always going to be in excess with whoever you team attacked with, right? If they have 10 defense, this is plus 10 in the team attack. It's pretty good. Yeah, I'll take this. I'll take this in draft. And I'll I'll definitely play it in constructed. The other five drop was Professor X. Professor X is a five cost four nine one with range. Welcome home. During the build you pay a yellow. Look at an enemy player's hand. You may choose a supporting character there and recruit it. You definitely need the points for this, but this is an interesting way to discard cards in this game, man. Um because it's doing a little bit more than that, right? If you get a multi-health guy on six and up, it's also a tempo loss for your opponent where they lose the guy and they have to fight the guy. If you're running out of things to do, just take a peek at their hand and take their best guy if you can pay for it and use it. It's pretty good. He deserves some reps in Constructed, I think. This is a, something that's very different on the drop to be doing. I think I'm okay with this. If he makes it outside of the turn, he gets to do a thing, right? Um, yeah, because there are no current zero-cost guys he can make or that he can see and recruit. There definitely aren't any zero-cost guys in the box. Uh, so he he's looking for sixes and up to, like, take the board from the opponent. Um, in draft... I think the yellows can go to other places. It's hard to say that I would pay a yellow just to look at your hand for this, but, I mean, information is good regardless, right? You, at the very worst, pay a yellow, you know what their next couple turns are going to look like, what their combat tricks are. He's playable in draft, too. He's playable in draft. I'd take one if I saw it. Cyclops on six is an 11-5-1 with range. He has fast trigger, a new keyword. While in ranged combat, Cyclops strikes before characters without fast trigger. It's actually super hard to kill this guy. He, realistically, he's taking at least two people down with him. If you melee this guy, he's an 11 You're trading with this. If it's a gunshot... He's actually gonna he's actually gonna shoot you first, right? He's going to kill you. Uh, you have to team gun shoot, and you're losing a guy anyway. You actually you actually could make the argument that this guy's playable and constructed. I believe. I believe that he's fine. I actually believe that this is actually this actually might be one of my favorite one health cards in the game. It's so hard to put the I I hope you guys understand how hard it is to put this guy down. If this guy's in the back with a couple flyers or a couple guys on the ground that are blocking him, you had to fight through that. Then you had to make it to this guy 
And, oh, by the way, you're probably not going to win the fight. This guy is super hard to put down. Uh, take him in draft for sure. This guy is an 11-5 that probably will win most fights he's in. At least most gunshot fights. Most range combats he's going to win. Uh, in constructed, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make the case for him. I'm going to make the case for him. This is easily one of my favorite one health cards in the entire game. For sure. It's not close. Sunfire on six. Is a 332 flight range X-Men stamped solar fire. Sunfire has plus three plus three for each blue locate, including wilds. Okay. You definitely don't want him to be a six-six, right? The rate would be cool if he's a nine-nine for six with two health. I would like to see him be a nine-nine. If your opponent's playing like if your opponent's playing Cyclops and stuff, you actually need him to be a 12-12. But that's plus, that's three lugs that you didn't use to do your thing, right? It's a rough ask. I believe that this card's playable. And I believe that you should be taking this because he's a flyer with two health in draft. For sure, take him. I think you could make the case for this in Constructed, though. If he's a 9-9... Nine -nine, and you're on the play, you're not going to feel bad about this. But he need, he probably needs to be a 12-12. Any more than that and, like, he actually just stonewalls your opponent or, like, he causes really, really big team attacks to put him down and they have to do it twice. I'm in. On, I, I'm in. I like this guy a lot. I like this guy a lot. The raid on that's really cool, but don't let him be a 6-6. Six -six. That's definitely not good enough. Let's get to the seven drops. Uh... We'll talk about Rogue first. We'll talk about Rogue first. Rogue is a 7-cost, 9-9, 2 health, wings. Rage. When Rogue gets attacked, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on her. I have an issue with this. Wonderful strength. During any combat, you pay a green. Double the plus 1, plus 1 counters on Rogue. She can use this power any number of times. I'm not paying for that. Oh, brother. Okay, so this card is not good. Uh, I actually would have preferred she didn't have either of these abilities at all and was just a 9-9 flyer. Uh, on team, they didn't have this as a curve topper. They didn't have a, a 2 health flyer on 7. So she, by definition, will see play. I think she will function a bit better than the original Professor X and the Warlock in most cases. However... Rage is not a good keyword. I could send my entire board into her at once and she'll only get the one counter. She So what this means is she's going to beg to trade with people. I would love to be a 10-10 and trade with people twice before I check out. That's what she's saying. Wonderful. I'm not paying for that unless, unless there was a way outside of the card itself to manually put counters on her. I'm not paying for that. The rate on that is really bad. If you attack her and she greens, she's an 11-11. That's still inside the range of every other fighting seven that we currently have. And she'll trade and go down. Then she'll trade and go down again. Stay away from this in Constructed. In Draft, she's a 9-9 flyer with two health. You really can't go wrong with that. But you can find other sevens in draft. 
that'll do it a little bit better than she can. Not a fan. And now we talk about Dupe. For those who are uninitiated, Dupe was one of the first one of the first memes and inside jokes that we had in the versus 2 PCG community. Um and he was made realized in this box. Oh man. Here we go. Dupe is a 7 cost 7 7 flight range 1 health. He's lucky. 7 7 7. It's a lucky number. Travel across the margins. When you recruit Dupe, you may put him into your hand. If you do, turn him around so he can watch the game. It's like the wacky zany thing that Super Awesome Games does. He He's looking at the game. He's checking things out, right? <sighs> Resident of Marginalia. Main, blue, yellow, red. If Dupe is watching the game, choose a phase for the next enemy player to skip. Draw, recovery, build, or main. So, not only am I paying seven and losing a guy, I'm not getting a guy out of this. He's going to bounce back if he wants to do the cool thing. The cool thing is way too overcosted, right? For any one of these abilities, I would pay two. Even two is a reach. Skipping your opponent's draw phase is Red Skull. He asked for one yellow on the same drop. Skipping the recovery so your guys don't flip up, including the main. So the main's gaining a life, but guy, supporting character's not getting up. That's Magneto. He's a six drop. The build phase. You don't get to play a guy because the recruit step is in the build phase. You don't get to play a resource because the resource step is in the build phase, right? That's worth that's honestly as a hate piece, that's worth two lokes. Three's too much. The main phase, you actually miss combats because you're fluctuating between the main phase and the combat to pick the guy to attack. You just skip your combat step. All of these together modually are worth two lokes for the for the for the flexibility. But three is way too high. Three is way too high. I'm never going to play this card. Never. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm 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 at a tempo loss because I played a seven drop that didn't actually appear. And he doesn't immediately impact the game unless I give him three additional resources. No. In draft? No. I'm not playing this. This card's terrible. <laughs> It's a shame. At two, you could have convinced me at two because I think making them skip their resource step or making them skip combat was actually really interesting. And there's no way this ability is stronger than Franklin and Franklin Richards asked for two lokes. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. I'm, I'm actually really, really let down by this card. It's a shame. Uh, let's get to some blue cards. We have this and that. It's an any turn combat plot twist. X-Men stamped. During any combat, put a plus one, plus one counter on a character on your side in the combat and a minus one, minus one counter on an enemy character in the combat. Um, Fair and balanced as a combat trick doesn't work, right? I'm not playing this. This is like a souped up power up. If I only have 
10 to 12 slots for equipment and plot twist, this doesn't make the cut. In draft, it's a trick, I guess. Makes Rogue a little better, I suppose, but I'm really not a fan of this card. It won't see tremendous play from me. Defend the weak. During any combat, it's an X-Men stamped plot twist. During any combat, choose a character on your side in the combat to get plus one, plus three. Find cover plus. I'm in. Um, find cover is still a great plot twist today, seven years later. Um, you can definitely play this. You can definitely play this. And in draft, the one to four combat tricks that you pick up over the course of three packs, this could definitely be one of them. Definitely be one of them. This will get you out of a... This is a get-out-of-jail-free card in draft. Um, yeah, it's really impactful. Let's talk about... One of the... Mutant-only cycle cards. It is... Build It Up. It's an X-Men plot twist. Mutant Loyalty. Put this in your deck only if each card with a team and... Each character in your deck is Brotherhood and or X-Men affiliated. During the build, turn up to two face-down basic Lokes with different names on your side face-up. This will end up not playing the way you want. And the downside on this is so backbreaking that it's not even worth it unless you're on exactly X-23. I do not believe that Build a Better World twice on one card is worth not having access to cards like Gilgamesh, Get Out of Jail free cards like Boomerang, Massacre, Lilith. Yeah. Stay away from this unless your X-Men affiliated main character is power hungry and you're willing to not play real cards turn 6, 7, and 8. If the game gets that long and you have this in your deck, you're probably going to just lose the game on the board, regardless of what your superpowers do. You're going to lose the board. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this. In draft, if it's mutant only... But that's the thing is, like, where are the resistance and omegas? Why aren't omegas explicitly stated on here? That's messed up. I have to make major concessions, even in draft, to play this. I'm out. Nope, not doing it, man. No way, Jose. <sighs> Secondary mutation. It is X-Men or Brotherhood stamped. Mutant loyalty. Put this in your deck only if each card with a team and each character in your deck is Brotherhood and or X-Men stamped. During the build, choose a character on your side. They randomly get one of the falling powers they don't already have. For the rest of the game, flight, range, berserker, dodge, ferocious, or lethal. Mm, I think I think this is good, but the downside's still too high, right? So let's let's work it out. Cause you're rolling a D6 and getting a cool thing for your main to do for the rest of the game. You're looking for berserker or lethal if your main already has flight and range. You're looking for berserker and dodge if you're main character doesn't have flight or range most of the time guys on the ground that are looking for melee 
will not fare better with a gun, but wings will probably get them there. Um, so, like, and let's just use Wolverine as an example, because you could do this on your main character. If Wolverine had wings and lethal, or wings and berserker, that'd be pretty cool. If he had ferocious, that'd be pretty. These are pretty good keywords to get, and it's for the rest of the game, right? I'm okay with this, but again, I have to bring up the downside of this card. I want to play Baby Girl. I want to play Storm on 8. I want to play Rock People on 5 and 6. I want to play cool cards that fill holes in my team's strategy. This, these cards don't let you do that. I'm more inclined to not play this card in Constructed, but it does have more upside than the Build a Better World knockoff card. In Draft think people are willing to do this in draft and it's really easy to play into this in draft i would hate these out i would play i would take them and not play them um you don't want your opponent to have this so in your 40 card deck one or two of these should be in in your side pile of cards you didn't play and the last card for x-men is a reprint school for gifted youngsters you know I wrestled with this because I knew this was coming based on the spoiler article and just the way things were talked about online. I knew this was coming and part of me wants to be outraged like, yeah, we're losing what will end up being eight cards in a brand new box. But I think the quality of life is important on this card and Asteroid M. And I'll just go ahead and talk about Asteroid M now. Asteroid M... It's funny that the original Asteroid M doesn't say special location. It just says location. And it said for a Brotherhood character on your side. So little things like that that got tweaked make it almost not a reprint, but it still is a reprint, right? Yeah, I'll look the other way this time. I don't really want this to be a thing. It, the card was already in my binder. I don't want another copy of a card I already own. But if people are finding it difficult to, to find the base box and the first Brotherhood uh, 55 card box, if this helped them get to play their mutants, fine. I'll look the other way. But I, I hope this isn't a reoccurring thing of, oh, we want these teams in our formats, but we're not willing to reprint the box, so we'll just reprint certain key cards. I'm kind of out on that. Here comes the Brotherhood. Magneto at level 1 is a 255 flight range Brotherhood stamped. There are no sides. During the build, you pay yellow. Reveal the top 4 cards of your deck. Put each Brotherhood and X-Men supporting character into your hand and shuffle the rest back into the deck. Yeah, he's exactly like uh, Professor X, right? God. Whatever. Savior of Mutant Kind, level up four. When a Brotherhood or X-Men supporting character appears on your side, Magnet... Oh, he has the same XP con too. Why, though? Okay. Everything I said about Professor X just applies here. I think that super awesome games could have went a little further with this i think 
one of them could have added to the hand. One of them could have sent to the to the KO pile. That would have made things interesting. Make them just a bit more different, right? If this is anything like Civil War, Professor X cared about guys. So Magneto is going to be the Iron Man. He's going to care about himself, right? Let's check it out. Okay. Magneto at level 2 is a 495. Decent stats. Flight range. There are no sides. Same thing. There's just what I want. During the main, you pay a red. Choose a face-up Brotherhood or X-Men supporting character on your side. Then put plus one, plus one counters equal to its attack on Magneto. Yeah. Okay. And the rate's better than Iron Man too, right? Because you can play one really big guy and get a lot of counters off of him. Um, is he better than Professor X? I think he is. That's crazy. That's insane. That's crazy that he's better than Professor X. I think you, you, you definitely could play this guy. It's hard to put him down, man. Uh, that's funny, too, because most of the time he's going to end up being your best fighter. We'll see how that goes. I really like the artwork on this guy. I really enjoy House of X white suit Magneto. It's really, really cool. He's definitely constructed. He's definitely constructed playable. He's definitely constructed playable. Abilities like that on the main last a little longer than that on Captain America and or Professor X. Because my most important guy is now the most difficult thing to put down. And that ends up being that I, I could gain a life or two off of this. Uh, yeah, I'm in. In construct. In draft. Yeah. I mean... The same applies to Professor X, right? It A yellow could mean draw four cards. And the reds are, at the very worst, might makes right on the main. That's like the absolute worst I could see it going. The upside is double digits. And you get into weird territory turns five, six, and seven where a red, one red could last you the rest of the game with this guy. Pretty good. I'm going to skip to Juggernaut now. Uh, <laughs> man, people were so invested in this guy. The, the anticipation of it all. Wow, I know, I know what the finish line looks like, but what were our running shoes? What were we doing to get there? Well, you have your answer now, don't you? Oh, man. Juggernaut is a 556 Brotherhood stamp main character at level one. He's invulnerable. During the main, you pay a green. Juggernaut cannot be stunned or wounded this turn. The Crimson Gem of Sidorak. Level up two. Just two. It's not that much. When you play a basic red location, when you play one, Juggernaut gains an XP. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the oldest test of time and patience in this game. You're not going to be happy with this guy, ultimately. You're not. This guy does not flip on two. He doesn't flip on three most of the time. In a world without Kane, without shield agents, without global network, without scrying of any sort, you could do everything right and still not flip with just two or four. I know this because I know Crimson Cowl 
inside and out. I know everything wrong with that guy. And this guy is just a slightly bigger Ultron. I, I promise you guys, I'm not making this up. I almost don't want to read the level two because you're going to be very, very, very familiar with this level one. He could spend most of the game like this. It's very reasonable to believe that you... It's the fact that the Wild Loak doesn't help is my problem with XP cons like this. So let me make a suggestion. If Danny and Ben can hear me out there in the ether... If you want to do two of four main characters like this, instead, make it so that, like, the XP is funded by their superpower, but tick it up. Like, make it three or four. No one's going to be mad about this guy if he flips on three or four with yoked stats, but it took a little longer to do. The way this reads, because then there are other sides of it. There are other sides of the game where all of a sudden, on turn two, on the play, he's an infinity 10, and I can't play the game, right? Where's the sweet middle? This porridge is way too cold, and sometimes it's way too, way too hot. Let's read the level two. Oh, brother. Let's read the level two. I'm not happy with that guy. Don't play this in draft. Don't play this in draft because there's no guarantee that you'll even get two or three reds. And you could just be a 5-5 five five with a really cool green ability, I guess. Juggernaut at level 2 is a 5-10-6. He's still invulnerable and he gains the ever-so-popular, greatly appreciated Limitless Strength. This is the payoff. Double red in the main. Juggernaut has infinity attack for the rest. You know what's funny about this too? This isn't even a slam dunk. What this is saying essentially is on your turn, your attacks are going to work. They can't pump out of it, right? Except, okay, I'm going to shoot you on my turn or I'm going to check 10 defense with a, a ferocious attacker. Or literally any team attack at all that gets me to 10 and above. He should take wounds on your opponent's turn. But he probably won't on your turn. I guess there's that twist that can give him ferocious or a gun. But yeah, I'm, I don't think the finish line is worth the race here. The subject is unresponsive for sure on this. Um... I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother because I've put too much time into mains like this. And I know what happens. I know exactly what happens. Will we have scrying abilities? Will we have more abilities like Global Network? Will we have canes in formats where he's legal? I don't know that. But if, they, but if we don't, he's unplayable. And I wish you the best as you sleep this guy up because I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. You can't get me to do this. Oh, that's rough. All right, let's go to Toad. Toad at level one is a 075. Brotherhood stamped. Prehensile tongue. During the man, you pay a red. Toad has range and plus seven plus zero. This turn. Live to serve. Level up 10. When a character appears on your side, 
Toad gains XP equal to how much more attack it has than Toad. Okay. Three, three, four, 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 two, five, five, ten, zero, right? You definitely can make up the difference in three turns with this guy, for sure. On team, Astra covers half of that, and you probably sort of want to play Astra anyway. Yeah, I'm in on Toad, man. It's funny. Agatha, over on Photo's side, Agatha had the same stats... But instead of fighting up front, she had like a really cool thing she was trying to do in the mid to late game. This guy actually is active. He doesn't just kick back. He actually wants to kill you. Yeah, and it's pretty achievable with like three of eight or like two of eight and really good guys that you play. Let's check out his level two. At level two, Toad is a 411, five. He has... Plus seven, plus zero range in prehensile tongue, and he gains mighty leap. During the main, you pay a green. Toad has wings and plus seven, plus. Yeah, this is really strong, man. Wow. Yeah. Your opponent could spend their entire turns one, two, three, and four to try and deal one wound on this guy. This guy doesn't have a problem retaliating. This guy's a seven, seven, and then he's a, an 11, 11. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're definitely going to enjoy playing this guy. Dare I even say he is the aggro guy. I definitely could see a world where you went red, 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 green, green, wild as the first. And, and like, realistically, that says deal a wound. If you play any reasonable guy to, to back him up in the team attack, pay a red deal a wound, and then at level two, pay a green deal a wound. They're going to die to this. Yeah. In draft? Yeah, take it. Take this, and you can actually, like, hate draft all the Lokes. Give me the red. Give me the wild. Give me the, the greens. And you can chain this pretty realistically in 40-card decks. Give me the toad, dude. Uh, who we got left? I'll talk about Mystique next. Mystique at level one's a three, four, five with a gun. Brotherhood stamped. Infiltrator. During the main, pay a red. Name a team. Mystique can attack enemy characters with that team this turn, even while they're protected. So she has sniper and or stealth based on the team you picked. That seems pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So many targets. Level 5. At the start of your main phase, Mystique gains 1 XP for each different enemy team. That's where you lose me. Um, Yeah, your opponent's incentivized to trade their low-cost 1 health guys into this, right? I can stretch this out to a turn 5 flip. You don't want to be there because on defense, she's a 3-4 with 5 to give. That's very quickly going to run dry. How do you circumvent that? Wouldn't they always just get their value out of the guy and then throw it away? What's the payoff? I don't remember the payoff. Mystique at level 2 is a 675 range. She has Infiltrator and she gains Deceiver. During the main, you pay a yellow. Name a team 
Enemy characters with that team can't attack Mystique on their next turn. This doesn't this doesn't work the way it was probably intended. Eventually your opponent's so wide that you can't cover all of the tracks on team. In league or draft? Yeah, it's pick one pick one team that should work, but in constructed People generally splash off team anyway. So if if I bench your best attacker and you play a better one the next turn, I'm taking the wound. I don't like the mystique, man. Oh god. If it was any other XP con, it'd be fine, but I reason to believe that good players won't let you flip. You're not gonna flip in three or less. I'm not, like, why would you play a guy and then have them get the XP off of it? It only makes the Mystique better, right? Because then she has she has 6 attack and Sniper Stealth for 6 is way better than Sniper Stealth for 3. Yeah, she's going to struggle, man. I don't remember the supporting character, but I hope it's better than this. Let's talk about Silver Samurai to round off the Brotherhood main characters. I haven't heard that name in years. It's been a decade, I think. Wow. What a deep cut. And he's, uh, he's actually a really cool character. Let's check him out. Silver Sam. So 345 Brotherhood stamped. Tachyon Field. During the main, you pay a blue. When Silver Samurai strikes an enemy defender in melee, because he's... He's hitting you with the swords, right? Stun it. Iron Fist, red ability, but for blue. I'm pretty in. I'm pretty in, right? It, it lets him fight up. It, it lets him kill really, really strong guys. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine, right? Yeah. Test your strength. When Silver Samurai stuns an enemy defender in melee combat, he gains one XP. He needs to do that three times. So three of eight against the main or fight a one, fight a two, fight the main. Does he really, he can't get it on defense though? It's an enemy defender in melee. Man. I, I actually wish that said character. Like, because th the design is you're supposed to use the tachyon field. You're supposed to potentially trade even to get the XP. But main characters, like, eventually, if your opponent, like, doesn't take the wounds from the blue, or, like, doesn't take the wounds from the melee team attack, eventually, he's gonna feel like the dragon from Alien Battles where you have to, like, give up life to get XP or get the wound. And if he's behind and you're doing that, you're not gonna win the race. What's the payoff? After three of eight or fighting three little guys and not trading, Silver Samurai is a 595 at level two. Advanced Tachyon Field during the main double blue for the rest of the game when Silver Samurai strikes an enemy defender in melee combat. Stun it. He's a permanent Iron Fist. I think that's definitely worth it. He's always going to fight up for the rest of the game, right? Sure. The problem is, 
if I used the blues to flip, how am I also using the blues to do the thing, right? Puts you in a really weird spot where, like, you have to, like, hope and pray that they don't have a combat trick so that you can save your blues. Or, like, not care about this and hope that you get there anyway. Interesting. The ancient art of Bushido. During the main, you pay a yellow. Draw three cards. If Silver Samurai stunned an enemy character in melee combat this turn. I... I'm not playing the yellows, though. I'm not playing the... Every, every Loki you see for the first half of the game should be blues, right? Asteroid M to refuel turns 5, 6, and 7 is fine. I want, I want my sword to be on fire. I want the double blue ability. You need it to not be 3 of 8 to flip. You need it to be 1 of 8 to flip and then an additional 2 to do the cool thing. He's definitely playable. He's, he's playable. He's playable. He's playable. He's playable because the twist that we're going to get to help him out a lot. But I'm not playing yellow for that. I'm not playing yellow in this deck. I'm not playing yellow in the deck. Uh, in draft, don't take, ye don't take yellows. Don't take yellows. Every time you draw yellow, it's a blue or an asteroid M that you didn't get, right? And the yellow does nothing at level one. And unless there are supporting characters that use yellow on team, you don't want to see them anyway. Uh, don't pack them. Play play your blues. Blue for Iron Fist is a good ability. Again, it lets him fight up. But it's not It's not as important at level two. Um, yeah. In Constructed, he, I could see him getting there for sure. If you graft Ferocious Berserker or Lethal on this guy, you're going to feel great about it with that plot twist, right? Good team attackers will take him pretty far. And reasonable top end when he can't get through anymore. But he did most of the work will probably feel great. I'm interested to play this guy. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad we have a melee guy with a clear goal that should get there more than half the time. I think that's the main characters. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's go to supporting characters now. Blob, as a one cost, is a one three two brotherhood. Gravitational mass allocation. Blob cannot be moved on enemy turns. Pain immunity during the main you pay a green. Blob can't be wounded until your next turn. Why isn't he a two two? I don't think I would ever pay for that. What a strange superpower. I guess it prevents lethal. If bodies on the board matter for like Magneto, Professor X, he's fine, right? He's 2 XP for Cyclops, but like he doesn't hit anybody though. Even in this box. That's so weird. That's so strange. Why isn't he a 2-2? I don't think this card's playable. I don't think he's playable. I would need to sit down and really, like, reach into my mind and figure out why I would play this. Maybe for original Brotherhood Magneto? Because he has two health, so he single-handedly flips the Magneto by himself. Let that be where he lives then, because... 
I don't think anybody in this box outside of Charles and Professor X care about this guy. He is not a tutu. That's crazy that they didn't do that. That's crazy. In draft, I think he needed to be a tutu. You're not going to want to take this guy. That's crazy. All right, here's here's the other one drop. Toad. He's a 3-3-1 for one. Brotherhood stamped. Leap and grab. So he's a 3-3 flyer on your turn, and they can't fly over him on their turn. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'll play this. I would play this. I would play this because it's unwavering for my Silver Sam. Yeah, give me that. Give me that. He's good with he's good with Mystique. He's good with Silver Sam. He's a one drop for Charles and or Eric. Yeah, I'll take that. In draft, he's a 3-3. Three, three. He's unwavering on your main. If team attacking matters, you can't really do worse than this. <laughs> Technically. Let's go to two drops. Pyro. 2-4-1, range, brotherhood, Mr. Burns, during the main you pay a blue, burn an enemy front row supporting character on Tuesday at 3.15 after you've folded your laundry, um, yeah, this guy's not good, the problem with burn is if you're burning the guy, that means you didn't clear it, so if it's their very, very, very best flight front row blocker, you had to wait until the end of your turn to burn it. So they actually still got to do their job and your opponent actually gained a life or that problematic Lilith or boomerang or whatever you needed to get to, it still made it outside of the turn. Don't play this. In draft, don't play this. It's crazy that like he can't burn a back row guy. I get it. It's, it, 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 it's going to function like whoever he could have attacked, but I don't know. Don't play this. Don't play this card. Uh, the other two drop was Mr. Layaway, Quicksilver. Quicksilver is a 5-2, one health, two drop, Brotherhood, out of nowhere. When you recruit Quicksilver, you may remove him from the game. If you do, starting on your next turn during any of your recruit steps, you may put him onto your side. Yeah, you put him on layaway, and then eventually, somewhere down the road, you get to add five attack to the board. Yeah, he's he's fine, right? He's fine. He's plus five attack in a really meaningful, like, turn five, six, seven, you need, really need to get through. Maybe Quicksilver will help you get there. Um, I actually believe that you could forget that this is going on, but you could definitely put multiple Quicksilvers on layaway, so... Yeah, play two to three of this guy. I think Toad should probably be playing this guy anyway. Uh, yeah, that's fine. He's fine. In draft, yeah, he's fine. He's fine in draft. He's actually fine in constructed too. He fights he fights up. He fights he fights one health three drops pretty reasonably. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I'll play some Quicksilvers. Yeah, give me that. Alright, three drops. We're going to talk about Dawkins first. Dawkins a 3-drop, three 3-3 three, with 2 health. Brotherhood stamped. He is berserker and violent. So, against the main, he's a 4-4 four, four team attacker that grows. Against any problematic supporting character, like a flyer or whatever, he's an 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take this. I don't mind that he's probably going to trade in most combats that he enters, but he gets to do it twice. If it's a really problematic supporting character, he strikes for eight. That's fine, yeah. Uh, take this in Constructed. Let him be the get supporting characters out of the way specialist. And if he doesn't trade, you're up on the exchange and he's going to be a, a potential 10-5 or a 5-5 into the main. Yeah, this guy is going to live in a pretty good world, man. If you can grow him, he just gets better and better and better. Uh, in draft, yeah, take one of these if you see him. Take one. This is a good card, man. The other three drop is what will end up probably being my favorite card in the box. It's Sabretooth. Sabretooth's a three cost, four, two with two health. Pretty jobber nine to five stats, right? Brotherhood stamp, superhuman senses. During the main, you pay a red. Sabretooth has plus four, plus zero, and stealth. If you take it to believe that this guy is always an eight, two with stealth, this guy is way better than just having a three drop four two um, to the point where you can't play him unless you pay him. If he's an eight two twice with stealth, your opponent's going to die to this guy, man. Your opponent's going to die to this. And I'm actually super glad that we have some functional primeval hunter in the game that I can reach for. And I don't mind playing this. I actually needed an excuse to play red abilities anyway. We were talking about uh we were talking about Reed Richards back in the day, Mr. Fantastic, and now cards like this. I'm super down for this is like my favorite card in the box. It's not close. Yeah, you need to pay him. You need to pay him. A 422 is bad. He's going to he's going to fight down. He's going to trade with everybody, but an 82 with stealth, he's going to get whoever you want and He's going to trade, but he's going to do it twice, and that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Take him in draft for sure. Take him in draft for sure because he's going to kill He's gonna kill the main in draft. He's going to be the reason that they die in draft. Mimic on four is a 5-5 five, five with one health. Brotherhood stamped. Mimic C, Mimic do. During the main, you pay a yellow. For each character on your side with each of the following names... Mimic gets that effect. If you have Angel, he has wings and air superiority. If you have Beast, draw two cards. If you have Cyclops, he has range and fast trigger. If you have Iceman, freeze an enemy character. And if you have Marvel Girl, choose a character on your side to get plus zero, plus ten this turn. This is not a good card. At any one of these, it's not worth it. You realistically need him to have a combination of flight and range or flight and freeze or range and plus zero plus ten. Some combination of those two. The only one that lets you immediately see an, a return on your investment is the beast. The problem is the beast main character is is questionable in how he flips and when he flips and if he doesn't die. And the supporting character is a defender and 
a X-Men on the same drop. It's weird that like he cares about guys that aren't on his team though. Like why would why would I play this in those decks? Those guys are probably looking for utility guys or fighting guys on four on team. Weird. I'm out unless you draw two cards with this. But the rate on that's bad. Like we're talking about Civil War Nighthawk. And you guys know that guy's not good on rate. And this guy's worse. We've got Scarlet Witch on four. Scarlet Witch is a 7-4-1 with range. Change probability. As a combat with Scarlet Witch resolves, flip a coin for each enemy character who would strike. For each one who loses the flip, they can't strike. This, I think you you hope for the mountaintop, but expect the valley. This thing could just easily not be there. And what does that leave you with? A 7-4 with a gun. That's fine. Not that much better than Polaris, but it's fine. If she always like, oh, your guy can't hit me, your guy can't hit me, your guy can't hit me. She's going to feel oppressive. Honestly, it turns 4, 5, and 6, but... There will be games where she doesn't do that at all and she just dies. Yeah. In draft, she's a 7-4 with a gun. Not that much better than Polaris, but not that... She could she could do the thing in draft, too. And she's a decent enough team attacker. Uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take one. I'll take one of those. Let's go to five drops. Oh, another absolute stud. Avalanche on five is a six seven with a gun, one health. Brotherhood stamp, seismic shift. When Avalanche stuns an enemy character in combat, you may turn an enemy location face down. I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan because, like, yeah, you you'll probably get a wild loke out of it, but the guy he's gonna die in most combats he he gets into. You don't get to do this twice. No way. I'm pretty out on this. I'm pretty out on this. In draft, take him, I guess, but don't feel like it's the end of the world if you don't see one. He can add six to a team attack gunshot, but... Like, the thing is, too, like, realistically, he doesn't have text. If I play a Loke and use it, I'm not going to have that many Lokes face up when he comes down. He could actually just miss and be a 6-7-1. We don't play those kind of cards over here. The other five is Juggernaut. Juggernaut is a 7-5-3, Brotherhood stamped, and he has Headbutt. During the main, you pay a green. Days an enemy front row character, Juggernaut could melee attack. This guy's another draft all-star. He's going to kill people, man. This guy's going to rip cards apart in draft. You're very, very, very best flyer or you're really, really, really big main character. Yeah, have this headbutt. Yeah, take him and draft. Honestly, in Constructed, this guy has three health. This guy has reasonable competition on the drop, but his ability is actually really good. Like, you can even make the argument. She thing, she thing, but instead of growing, she like, she would do a cool thing. That's Juggernaut. I think one attack is worth potentially clearing the way for the rest of your guys to get through. Yeah, give me the Juggernaut. Give me Juggernaut. It's cool to see a, a playable Juggernaut supporting character. On six, we have 
Mystique. Mystique is a 5-10-1 with a gun. Infiltrator. Name a team. Mystique can attack enemy characters with that team this turn. Even Okay, so yeah, it's the it's the level one ability. Except on six, she's bad on rate. She's saying she can get to anybody she wants, but she can't fight alone. I'm not paying six for a card that then needs additional help to get a guy down. If she was an 8-8 or a 7-7-2, I'm in. That's a door closer, but she can't do it alone. You're going to need to pump her through like power-ups or plot twists. Just too much. Too much in addition to the superpower. That's for construct. In draft, you actually can play a 5-10 blank. You actually can play a 5-10 blank in draft. And... If they if they had to send two or three guys at this on D, that's fine. You you like soaked up some really decent team attackers. I wish she I wish they went the other way. I wish she was able to do it by herself though. The other six on team is Silver Samurai. Silver Samurai is an 872 Brotherhood stamped. He's a master strategist. When Silver Sam appears, you may move an enemy character to its front or back row. That ability will actually just kill people in draft. You're going to die to that. It's funny. There's a lot of, like, drop kicks for draft in this box. Combat Master, when, yeah, you're going to die. You're going to die to this guy. Wow. He's actually going to stab you. That's so funny. Don't let anybody else have this card in draft, man. Oh, man. You're going to die to this thing. Oh, man. Constructed. Is he there in Constructed? I think so. I think so. I think so. As a team attacker? Yeah, give me that. He's better than Blob. He's better than Sauron. He's better than Mystique. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, good card, man. Let's go to our sevens. Alpha is a seven cost. 10-8-1. Flight and range. Super intelligence. During the main, you pay yellow. Each enemy player has two less recruit points. That's pretty hateful. Two less recruit points on their next turn. So on the play, you play this guy, pay the yellow. They're going into turn seven, but they're not playing a seven. They're playing a five drop or a four drop. If you get to keep doing that, keep them off their top end. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. He's different. He's definitely different from other sevens where we have a bit of a problem on seven where like, the best guys only fight for the most part. They only fight. That's all they do. I I get big or I put a guy down. That's it. He does something different. And if you can chain the yellows, he's cool. The one health makes me stop caring almost immediately for constructed. But you're not going to feel bad about this guy in draft. Every yellow could just say your opponent doesn't play a guy in draft. That's brutal. Um... Take him if you see him in draft, man. Take him if you see him in draft. This is definitely the better of the two iterations of alpha that we have in the game currently. And the other seven drop is Magneto. Of course it was. Who else could it have been? He's the star of the show. He's a seven cost, nine, 11. There goes the 20 points on seven. Uh, if you paid attention to Civil War, you know that like, 20 points is pretty pushed on the drop 
for 2021 to 2023. And uh, Super Awesome Games didn't let the foot off the gas this time. Where was I? He has two health. Uh, flight range, 911. Metal with metal. During the main, you pay a blue. Rearrange any number of equipment. This is the other Equipment Matters card in the box. With no equipment, of course. Uh, <laughs> I remember that the, in the stream they were saying that like you basically unequip all equipment and then put them however you want them to be. So like you take all their stuff or like you... Re this is actually... This is actually could be an aggressive tool if your main character has like i don't know a quinjet or a power loader you can like do the attack and then pay this put it on another guy and do it again right that's pretty good this also gets you out of like helmet randomly if they didn't call blue give me your helmet give me that i'll take that um i i actually like this guy better than the other seven in the box he has two health he can fight yeah, I'll take this. I'll take this guy. He actually should see constructive play. Abilities like this are hard to come by without just punching the guy and clearing the equipment. But what I said as an aggressive tool, I actually hope to be able to do that. Like again, the really cool equipment thing that gives stats is on my main or on a supporting character. You swing out with it and then do this, put it on the magneto, put it on the on the main so that you maintain the stat buff on a guy that you don't want to get hit the next turn that's cool something that isn't being tapped into on the drop in draft he's a 911 flyer he's better than rogue he has two health he's definitely better than rogue god if you're not playing magneto in draft as your main take this card Take this card and maybe a blue or two. He's gonna he's gonna kill people. Yeah. It's a good card. Always attack. It's an any turn combat brotherhood plot twist. Choose a character on your side in the combat to get plus three plus one. Yeah, this is good. This is good because it it plays around defend the weak, right? Um we talked about that card and how good that was. So this is the offensive version of it. Yeah, Silver Samurai is going to care about this a lot. Mystique's going to care about this a lot. Uh, maybe even the Juggernaut if you end up playing that guy. Yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to play this for sure. I'm willing to play this. It's better than Superior Genetics, right? On rate, easily. Yeah, I'll take this. And I would go out of my way to pick up one of these with an aggro guy in draft. The other plot twist for Brotherhood was Fierce Pierce. Fierce Pierce is an any turn combat plot twist that says if this is a melee attack, choose a character on your side in the combat to get plus two, plus zero, and ferocious. That's the other offensive tool that main characters like Silver Samurai need. Uh, that thing's a that thing's a light show on defense, man. Man, if you got to play Vigilante Justice at all, you know that, like, people don't really play around it. And it's actually super brutal when you pull the trigger on it. Yeah, I'm willing to pick that up in draft and I'm willing to play it in Constructed if my main character is Brotherhood. Oh, man. Burn it down. It's a mutant loyalty. You guys know how I feel about that at this point. Uh, Brotherhood stamped. 
During the build, turn up to two enemy locations with different names face down. Basic locations, excuse me. So, yeah, it's literally bad San Fran, right? It's, this card's actually bad. If I know that this card's in the pool and I know that you could potentially be playing that, actually, it doesn't matter. We all passively play around cards like this anyway. But it doesn't hit Wild Logs. I'm San Fran hits San Fran is brutal. If your opponent is uninitiated and they don't play around it, San Fran kills people. This will never I'm never falling for this. <laughs> I'm never falling for this. So you're not only are you playing bad San Fran, you're also like again that keyword is so backbreaking. You don't get a real top end. You don't get real cards. You don't get real fixers in your curve it's just mutants that's brutal man don't play this in draft don't even look this card's way i feel like this will be one of the last cards in the pack anyway it's not san fran don't believe the hype this card's not good and i think that's it for the box Thank you for sitting here going through this with me. Uh, I thought this would be fun. I saw a lot of cards that really make draft hype as hell. And I plan on doing what I talked about. Going through, making some cubes this year, and, and really doing things that I enjoy with the podcast. If you made it this far, I probably chopped it into two parts. Or maybe I just threw the whole thing on on Anchor. We'll see. But in the meantime, I'm your host, Bruce. This has been the New York Minute. Peace.